What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another show or edition of Saturday Standouts. Um, you know, as always with me tonight, we've got Sam Dang, my co-host. I am making an appearance for the first time in I think two weeks. Um, had a few things that I needed to take care of, and you know, things that came up there I wasn't able to make it. So I do apologize, but I'm back. Um, Sam, um, I'm excited to get going again. I know Matt Scura, um, one of our you know associates over there at the Unwrap Sports Network, hopped in here with us. So uh, how was that? Did you, did you guys have a good time? Yeah, it was good. It was good. I uh, broke down the championship, did some draft prospects, uh, did the way too early college football playoff rankings for next season. That was a lot of fun to discuss going over the recruitings. Um, Ohio State, Alabama, one and two recruit, or Bama and Ohio State, I should say, uh, number one and number two recruiting class in the country. So it should be interesting. Yeah, we're going to get that a few more times before it's all said and done, I'm sure, um, that matchup. Uh, but anyways, um, we'll go ahead and jump into it tonight. Mm -hmm. Guys, we have a special edition for you. Um, we always do try and do these, or at least try and do them once a month here. And that is our, you know, 2021 NFL draft that's coming up. And we're doing mock drafts every month. Um, usually we do it on the first Wednesday of every month. But had to change a few things around with, you know, holiday travel, national championship night, and trying to build it around certain <laughs> things as well. So um, here's our first mock draft of the new year. I'm super excited to jump into it. We'll be doing these, like I said, every month leading up to the draft in late April. Looking forward to that. Should be very exciting. But before we go ahead and get going with that, sponsors, you know, pay the bills, as they always say. And our first one on, on deck there um, is the Unwrapped Sports um, new store that we have. Um, it's got all of the, you know, regular unwrapped stuff. We got our, you know, episode from or a, a show theme there. Um, can't really say it in copyright purposes, but, you know, keeping it light. We've got our King merchandise, our drip text, also the Hollywood designs. And then you got your individual shows here, the hard count, um, Fights Unwrapped, who went live earlier, Gen Z's good as well with your boys, Connie and um, Josh over there. Great stuff. And then you got ours right here, Saturday Standout. So if you guys go ahead and hop on there, fan of the show, you know, family, friends out there that are watching as well, go ahead and grab you some of this merchandise. Classic Crew Decks, pretty sweet. Just ordered myself one of those. Should be here in about two weeks or so. So looking forward to that and a sticker as well. Um, so yeah, you guys head over to teespring.com backslash store backslash unwrapped to get all of your uh, unwrapped sports merchandise. And let me go ahead and bring up our next sponsor here, guys. And that's going to be RX Hemp which is um, all natural pain relief cream. It's hemp infused, so it's great stuff. Um, let me go ahead and bring that web website up for you guys now. And uh, it's great stuff. I use it almost every single night when I go to bed. I have a bad back. I'm standing all day, every day. So all natural pain relief cream here, guys. It's great stuff. Uh, it's, you know, hot and cold effect, which is awesome for your muscles or, you know, anything that you got going on, whether it's joint pain or anything like that. So it's good stuff there with RX Hemp. And then our last one, guys, is if you are gambling, um, man like myself or a woman, yeah, if you are watching this show, ladies, um, go ahead and head over to mybookie.ag and use code USN100 to get double your first deposit. Oops, you guys can see my login information, didn't he? Uh, now they're making me do a CAPTCHA. See how quickly I can do that. Sorry, guys. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Just log in. I interrupted there. All right. Mybookie.ag. So, yeah, you use code USN100 and you get double your first deposit. I think the minimum is, you know, $45. So, if you put in 50 bucks, you get 50 bucks free play. 
Um, there's an online casino that's very exciting. Um, you've got your sports book as well, and you can also live bet during games. So bet over there, use code USN100 to get double your first deposit. Um, with that being said, Sam, um, we're going to go ahead and jump into, you know, the real meat of this show, and that's going to be our 2021 NFL mock draft. So you want to go ahead and lead us off? Yeah, of course. So we're going to do, instead of, you know, going over all 32 picks, we're going to pick our, you know, most 10 to, well, 10 or so most exciting picks. Um, so first one, I feel like this shouldn't be a question. Obviously, Urban Meyer got hired, Trevor Lawrence. I don't think that should be a question. But the second one, I think, I think after the first pick, it could get very, very interesting. And I've heard a lot of, um, you know, talk about the second pick. Um, and I'll be honest with you, I really, really, really thought about trade, tra- having, having the Jets trading down with this pick. I don't think that – I think this is a pick they can't go wrong with. But I think they're in their best interest to trade down. Uh, but I didn't want to do any trades this one. Um, so I went with Panay Sewell. Panay Sewell is, I mean, arguably, you know, the best tackle in this draft. Um, there's another tackle later in the draft I want to get to. Um, but Panay Sewell is an animal. I mean, Jonah Williams missed his rookie year. Um, I'm, excuse me, wrong team. Makai Becton was very promising. Um, they just hired Robert Sala. Um, Sam Darnold, I mean, there should they take Devontae Smith at the second pick? Should they take a quarterback, Justin Fields? You're going to draft Justin Fields, in my opinion. You're going to put him in the same situation. I don't think Justin Fields should be in a starting situation. Um, Makai Becton was very, very promising. Their entire draft class was promising. I mean, Jamison Crowder um, has been the was like the only reliable target. Denzel Mims was promising, but he was hurt for more than half the year. Um, so you need two tackles. I mean, and Panay Sewell and Panay Sewell and Makai Becton are very. Uh, that's a that's an absolute monstrous duo. I mean, Panay Sewell is an animal, and if you're lying, if you're a defensive lineman lined up over Panay Sewell. You, you, you're not going to want to be messing with him. Um, Panay Sewell is an absolute animal. He opted out of the season. He had nothing left. To, he had nothing left to prove. Um, this isn't. This is an awesome pick here. I love it. Um, I, I didn't, we need to do trades here tonight. Um, but I mean, this this to me is best player available, and I think that's Panay Sewell. Well, yeah, and then uh, with the recent hiring of, <clears throat> excuse me, Salah. Um, there, I mean, there's been a little bit of speculation that the Jets are going to try and give you know. Darnold at least one more shot before they completely, you know, say, scratch that idea. We're going to go with somebody new back behind center. And so if that's the case, they're going to need some protection on the offensive line. And, you know, Panay Sewell's right here is best player available, like you said, out of Oregon, who usually does produce pretty decent offensive linemen that move over to the NFL anyways. So I think it's a smart move on the Jets. You don't necessarily need to go reaching for a quarterback right now because, in my opinion, Sam Darnold is okay. You know, he's kind of in that middle tier round, starting to move his way to the back of the of the line, unfortunately for him. But, um, you know, he's had a lot of things happen out of his control, coaching hire um, with Adam Gase and then, you know, the mono thing and then just injuries here and there popping up. So um, I say I don't mind it by the Jets taking Panay Sewell here, you know, giving Sam Darnold one more chance if that's not the case. You know, there's quarterbacks every year, so we'll see what happens then. But um, I think, like you said, it's the safest pick. It's the best pick. So. Um, at number three, we have the Dolphins taking Devontae Smith, wide receiver out of Alabama. Um, not a big surprise there um, for either of us, Sam. No, nope, not at all. I mean, he had a very, very impressive year, to say the least. Um, another weapon for Tua. 
Um, the one I really want to highlight here, this is one of the big ones that I wanted to talk about too, um, is, I mean, I think we've had this conversation before, Caleb. I don't, I don't think, I think Trevor Lawrence should be the only quarterback starting day one. Um, and Arthur Smith got hired. Um, their new GM actually just got officially named as their GM. I want to say it was yesterday. Um, I don't remember his last, I, I remember his last, so I don't want to butcher it. It's Tony. He was on the Saints staff. Um, but okay, yeah, I know. Um, it's like Tony for a year, yep. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was indicating kind of he we may or may not see Julio Jones on this team in the future if they trade him. Um, also, also some indications of Matt Ryan. I think if they're smart, they hold on to Matt Ryan for another year, let Justin Fields sit. I mean, their run game isn't great, their run game is not good at all, but their run game was somewhat productive. Um, this season, I mean, Todd Gurley is a free agent, um, has had Torres, Torres ACL in college um, at Georgia, and obviously it is acting up. Um, I mean, I think I'm not going to – there's plenty of other places they could go. They could go Quiddy Pay. Um, they could go Pat Sertain. I think this is the first team that Pat Sertain could come off the board, um, um, could come off the board with, uh, but, I mean – I, I, I've seen a lot of conversation with a quarterback, um, and especially if there's indica- if they're indicating that you know Matt Ryan might not be on this team in the near future. I think they're smart to hold on to Matt Ryan for a year, let Justin Field develop for a year, um, and then put him in. I mean, he's got Kelvin Ridley, he's got Hayden Hurst. Um, we don't know if Julio's going to be on this team. Russell Gage is a very reliable wide receiver three. Um, Pretty impressive wide receiver market. You got Juju Smith-Schuster, Allen Robinson. Him with the Ravens have been rumored. Deep wide receiver class. So we could see the Falcons draft a wide receiver. Um, I would almost say as early as day, second day of the draft, uh, maybe third round. Third, maybe somewhere in the fourth, early day three. Um, but I like this pick. Um, I definitely think there's other places they could go from, but I mean, I think the I think I think at this point the quarterback has to come into question for the Falcons. Matt Ryan, they they, they were indicating they were seeing signs of regression in Matt Ryan about two to three seasons ago. I think it was right after the twenty-eight to three Super Bowl. Um, you saw you saw a lot of signs of regression in Matt Ryan, um, and he doesn't have great protection. Dan Quinn was an awful coach. Um, to me, that's not. A big, much bigger of an excuse. Matt Ryan is getting up there in age. Um, I think you're going to be coming into these drafts now, where depending on if, where the Falcons pick, the quarterback situation is going to come into question. Um, I don't see it as a. I almost see it actually. I almost do see it as a glaring need. Um, and I think a guy like you get a guy like Justin Fields, you sit him for a year behind Matt Ryan, and you put him on that offense, give him some tackles, uh, give him some linemen to. Uh, um, to protect them um, within the next two years of the draft or even out in free agency. I mean, I think, I mean, especially with the new GM now and Arthur Smith, I think, I think this team could set up, could set up Justin Fields for success. Um, however, uh, they've got an interesting roster because their defense does not have, you know, that key guy to build around. AJ Terrell was um, their first round pick last season, out of last year out of Clemson. But um, I think the quarterback situation with the Falcons has to come into question. 
Yeah, I, I agree with you. I think this would be a smart move by the Falcons. Now it's whether or not if they go through with it. Um, also, what I kind of wanted to point out while you're talking about that is there's been early speculation that the Panthers are maybe looking to move up in somewhere in this area. And I'm guessing that's for a quarterback. I would assume it would be a quarterback for them. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if, you know, Teddy's necessarily their future, so they might be looking for somebody younger too. But ultimately, if the Falcons were, we didn't throw in draft picks in here, like you're saying. So ultimately, if the Falcons do stick here at four, I think it would be smart of them to do this and go ahead and take Justin Fields. There's going to be a lot of wide receivers on the market like there is every single season. Um, I still think, you know, Julio Jones didn't necessarily have the season that he did, but I still think Calvin Ridley and um, good Lord, uh, what's their third wide receiver is really good, too. Um, Russell Gage. Russell Gage, okay, he's starting to come on the scene too. He's still a young cat as well. So I think they've got a great wide receiver quarters. I don't know if any of them are leaving right now. But even if they do, you know, like you were saying, you go out there in the free agent market or somebody who got released from a team and go grab yourself a nice number three, number two wide receiver, especially if you think Calvin Ridley or um, Russell Gage will be able to take that step and be a legit number two, which is Calvin Ridley has really kind of solid, already solidified himself as that. Um, so I see him go receiver there. Your running back room is okay. You got a nice little change of pace with each and every guy you have back there. So I like that as well. Offensive line could use some help, but I don't know if you want to take that at four. Um, I mean, Penesu is worth that. I don't know if there is anybody else on the tackle board or on the offensive guard board for them to necessarily take that early. Um, so if I were the Falcons, I would ultimately move back and, you know, maybe see if, uh, you know, Carolina wants to slide in there or somebody, some team like that, that might be looking for a quarterback at this spot. But if the Falcons are smart and in there for, it all makes sense completely for Justin Fields to go ahead and be taken here. And like you're saying, get that time behind Matt Ryan. Matt Ryan is, you know, coming down on the end of his career. So I like, I agree with you when it comes to that, but I ultimately don't see the Falcons staying here at four. Um, but if they were have to, I would take Justin Fields. And with that, we have nobody at five and six that we're going to talk about. Um, so Jamar Chase, Bengals are taking another wide receiver to, you know, make that wide receiver room even more lethal than it already is with T. Higgins and um, Tyler Boyd. So um, probably A.J. Green's probably going to be moved, I would assume. So uh, wide receiver makes sense for the Bengals here. Um, pretty short and sweet. Um, Eagles take Michael Parsons. Oh, sorry. Sam, you had something then? No, no, go ahead. I was going to say, yeah, Jamar Chase makes sense. Michael Parsons makes sense. Uh, you're going to take the words right out of my mouth, so keep going. <laughs> yep. I mean, they're exact same. Um, Michael Parsons, Eagles had a lot of trouble there um, in the linebacker <clears throat> in the middle. So that's a perfect fit for Michael Parsons and Eagles. And then number seven, uh, we have yeah, the Detroit Lions taking um, the quarterback out of BYU and Zach Wilson. This is where it gets interesting. Um, I mean, you mentioned the Panthers. I think the Panthers are in a really, really good situation. Um, two straight up, hence I got Pat Sertain right below Wilson there. Um, I can see that I can I can definitely see the Panthers in a situation to trade up for a quarterback. I don't think Teddy's their guy, um, but I think they could draft one of these guys like Zach Wilson or even a guy like Fields. Um where they can sit behind Teddy for a year or two. I mean, Teddy Bridgewater has two more years. Teddy Bridgewater was a very promising quarterback this year, but I would imagine Matt Rule's going to want a quarterback to groom. Um, and one of these, one of those quarterbacks who I have to the Lions is is Zach Wilson. Zach Wilson put on a show this year. Um, they hired Dan Campbell. Um, I think that was the worst hire 
I think that was the worst hire of the offseason for head coaches. Um, Dan Campbell got a six-year contract. And I th- also think you have to think, I think I think the Lions knew they were in, coming in for a rebuild. Kenny Galladay and Marvin Jones are up. I think they would be smart to keep Kenny Galladay and move on from Marvin Jones. Um, I can also see a receiver here. But the way I'm looking at this pick is they're moving on from Matthew Stafford. They can opt out of his contract this season. I want to say he's under contract until 22 or 23. But they can opt out of his contract this season. Um, now. I think <laughs> the, the worst head coach off hired this offseason uh, was Matt Nagy, Garrett says. <laughs> Matt Nagy and Ryan Pace are coming back. I think they're a package deal. I think they're going to get fired next season. Um, as a Bears fan, Garrett, I'm sorry for that. <laughs> but uh, um, this to me, I mean, I, I think Zach Wilson has the chance to develop into a very, very good quarterback. Not saying great or amazing, but I think he has the chance to be a very, very productive quarterback. Um, but I don't want a team that's going to toss him in right away. The Lions' backup quarterback is Chase Daniel, or they can even go for a veteran. Um, heck, they can even keep Stafford for a year. I don't see them doing this, but I think Zach Wilson's best bet is to stay behind a quarterback, a veteran quarterback, for a year because this team is a re- this team's in rebuild mode. They're doing, and Zach Wilson to me is the perfect quarterback to groom um, behind behind a veteran quarterback. So I think if they do, if they do, let's say this pick happens, I think they're moving on from Stafford. One and two, I'm interested to see if they truly believe he is a day one starter because I don't think he is. Um, I think this guy has, I think this guy needs at least a year to develop, and it'll be interesting to see which quarterback. I mean. The one, one guy that comes to mind who has starting experience um, but is, is Jacoby Brissett. Jacoby Brissett's up. Phillip Rivers just retired today. Will the Colts sign Phillip Rivers? Or, I'm sorry, will the Colts keep Jacoby Brissett and have Eason as their second string? Um, I mean, the Colts quarterback situation is interesting, but I've, I thought I read somewhere that Brissett wanted, like, 15 mil or something. Um, I might be wrong on that, but, um, huh? I don't think he'd get that. No, no. (laughs) I mean, if I'm right on that, no, I don't, I don't think he's going to. Um, so, I mean, if the, if the Colts do decide to move on from Brissett, signing Brissett to a one-year contract to sit behind Wilson. Um, I mean, I, I like the fit to the lions, but I think he needs a year to develop. And I think if the lions are smart, if they move on from Stafford, um, I think they should sign a veteran. Yeah, um, I don't mind the Dan Can- Campbell hire. Um, it, I don't think it's awful. Um, he, there's a, a lot of players had a lot of great things to say about him and the type of person he <clears> is, <throat> the type of coach he is, and what he does for you know the Saints organ or did for the Saints organization. So, um, heard nothing but good things coming out of everybody else's mouth. The thing is, is how. Is that going to translate? Because we he's not like one of those high end coaches, but maybe they did need to hire from the you know the Bill Belichick tree and get Patricia. Obviously, they didn't need to, um, but I think they go full rebuild. I think that's the only reason I am taking Zach Wilson here, and that's mainly because I see Matt Stafford going elsewhere, and I ultimately do think it might be the Colts. Um, it just makes a whole lot of sense. I think the Colts definitely go out and get a different quarterback than what's in their room right now. Um, so I think that could be a possibility for Matt Stafford. I just think Matt Stafford's had his time 
in Detroit. It's not happening. It's not working. The relationship is fine. Um, it's actually a great relationship. He loves playing in Detroit, but I just think he's, you know, he wants to go somewhere and win and be successful. And he hasn't had that in Detroit and that won't happen for a long time. Um, so Zach Wilson, you know, here to the Lions makes a whole lot of sense uh, with that scenario. Um, so I would have had him at eight if that wasn't the scenario right now. So um, the Lions take Zach Wilson, you know, a fresh start from top to bottom, head coach, everybody in the locker room is completely changed. Um, you still got two great wide receivers. One of them is probably going to leave, obviously, um, whether that be Marvin Jones or Galladay to be determined because um, I think they're going to just refresh, refresh everything that's going on on that offensive side of the ball. Um, obviously, building around DeAndre Swift is what they want to do or they should do. Uh, so I like, you know, a young quarterback coming in there with a bunch of young other guys, um, especially a young head coach who gets the younger type of thing, which I feel like a lot of NFL teams are trying to move towards now. Um, it's just kind of, you know, the new thing, the new style of football that's played, the type of guy you want and somebody who can understand that offense. So I like the Lions pick here with uh, Zach Wilson a lot. And um, at eight, we have Panthers taking Patrick Sertain, um, quarterback at Alabama. Obvious reasons, Panthers had a lot of struggle or struggled a lot when it came to the, you know, defending pass. Broncos take Quiddy Pay edge out of Michigan. Quiddy Pay falls a little bit from where we originally had him, um, but Broncos get a new edge because their edge room is either looking old or not healthy all the time. Um, number 10, the Cowboys take. In some people's opinions, the best cornerback in the league, um, Caleb Farley, in from going into the draft, and Caleb Farley from Virginia Tech didn't play last year. Decided to opt out. Um, Cowboys get their guy on the opposite side of um, what's their uh, digs, um, smaller digs. And then at eleven, we have the Giants taking Kyle Pitts um, from the tight end out of Florida. And then right there, you guys can see we're going to talk about the Niners taking Rashawn Slater off of the tackle out of Northwestern as well. So I'm also picking this, too, because interesting tight end market. Um, I think if the Chargers are smart, they should move on from Hunter Henry. I think the Eagles are going to move on um, from Zach Ertz. I think the Giants should move on from Evan Ingram. Um, when he when he's on his game, like the first few years of his career, he played like a top five tight end. Um, but he also struggled with injuries. Um, and I love Kyle Pitts a lot at this pick. Um, gives 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 Daniel Jones in that offense not only a tight end, but a guy that can line up as a wide receiver. Um, and will we see Golden Tate on this team in the future? I mean, th this team needs wide receiver help. This team needs a lot of offensive weapons for that help. And what better guy that can not only play tight end if they move on from Evan Ingram, uh, but a guy that can, that is proven as a wide receiver. I love this pick as well at Kyle Pitts. It makes a whole lot of sense. Give, you know, going down another weapon here, uh, especially with the way Ingram feels about just playing for that team in general. That, that's, you know, just out there. He's not afraid to let it be known. Probably going to be gone. Um, so I think Kyle Pitts is a great option here. Two young wide receivers already. Why not bring in Kyle Pitts who? Is more like a wide receiver or a catching tight end, if you will. So um, we'll see the development he makes because he's probably need to get a little better at his run blocking and everything. Um, with turning as well, I see that Giants offense starting to take off a little bit more, especially if you add a weapon like Kyle Pitts. And then your your next guy, uh, Rashawn Slater, off of the tackle um, out of Northwestern. This one came as a surprise to me, but once I did a little bit more digging, I, I, I like the pick here. 
So I think another pick the Niners could go um, is a corner in the first round. Um, you do have Richard Sherman up. You have Jason Verrett coming from one of the – he finished – Jason Verrett might have been finished finished at one of the Comeback Player of the Year awards. Um, but Trent Williams is up there. I think Trent Williams might even be up as well. Trent Williams is up. Um, and I love Rashawn Slater. I've heard some people – I think Daniel Jeremiah was one of them – He's got him as the best offensive tackle in this draft. Um, I would probably go, I think Darisaw is right under him. Um, we have Darisaw right under the Chargers. Um, Panay Sewell, Slater, and Darisaw, I think, are the top three in this draft. Um, I, I love Rashawn Slater. I love his versatility. He's 6'3". Um, I don't think it's a knock at all, but the average NFL offensive tackle is 6'5". Um, so he's just two inches shorter. Um, he's 6'3". Six, six, Three three fifteen, I want to say. Um, this dude's versatile. Um, I, I love not only his athleticism, but I love his ability to play in all on all anywhere throughout the offensive line. Um, and I think this would help so much for the Niners. And I think their quarterback situation is coming to, is coming into question. I just want to say this: I think the, I think the San Francisco 49ers should trade for Deshaun Watson. Um, if I'm Watson, I would absolutely go there. Um, I think the Jets are a good one, but I think their only issue is Watson has a no trade clause. Um, so you can easily say, I don't want to go to the Jets. I think Watson's going to want to go to a team like the Niners. If you put Watson on the Niners, they're automatically contending. Um, but assuming they keep this pick, because I think if they trade for Watson, they're going to lose this 12th pick. Um, but if they keep this 12th pick, I love this Rashawn Slater pick. Yeah, I like it a lot too. The guy is massive and can move and has done a great job on Northwestern, another Big Ten school that is known for being able to produce very solid offensive linemen. So I don't have a problem here with it for the 49ers either. If they get the show Watson, that would be uh, really scary, in my opinion. I think the 49ers are, you know, that close to, you know, becoming that type of team to take that mm-hmm. next step after. I mean, they, they they got to the Super Bowl, but, you know, they weren't ready for it at that point. So, We'll see eventually if that's the case. Um, so taking a guy like Rashawn Slater here is a smart move, especially if you are going to try and get a quarterback. Even so, it's not going to hurt you because Jimmy G still needs protection as well because, you know, he's got injury. Um, he's had injuries in the past that, you know, can come and spike back up if if you're not protected back there. So um, it's a good pick. 49ers, they could have, like you said, go have gone corner here with Rashawn. It's probably going to leave um, and be done. Uh, and I think they're a pretty well-rounded team. They maybe could use some help in the linebacking room a little bit, but not not terribly, um, you know, a big need as much as that offensive line is for them. And that'll take us to, at 13 and 14, um, the Chargers taking Christian Darisol, um, like you said, one of your top three offensive linemen. He was probably the highest-graded offensive lineman this season in college, uh, I, I believe so. So um, really rose up draft boards, kind of was a no-no uh, not a very well-known name when it came to the drafts or mock drafts before the season. Then he kind of blew up. Vikings take the edge out of Miami and Gregory Russo. Uh, Gregory Russo decided to opt out, but I think he's still, you know, a freak of nature when it comes to that edge position. Bends very well. Uh, Vikings need that. Um, it's been kind of a struggle getting to the quarterback recently for the defense. So I like to pick a lot there for them. And then at 15, we have the Patriots taking their future quarterback and Trey Lance. Tell us I like this pick a lot. Um, I think this guy needs the most grooming. Um, he only he only played for a year, and I think that's going to be the knock on everyone. Where he only has 
you know, a year and a game of tape. I mean, even though that game and back in October, the one game that he did play, he went off. I think he had like, I don't know, I think it was like two or three rushing touchdowns and like one or two passing touchdowns. I don't remember the statistics off the top of my head, but I think the Patriots need to sign a veteran. Um, I think the Patriots are another suitor for Deshaun Watson, but, um, and I was listening to a podcast today and it was actually, it was the first draft on with Mel Kuyper. Um, and Mel Kuyper brought up the idea of Lance, Trey Lance only played one year. He could have been a guy. And these were Kuyper's words. I don't want to take the words out of his mouth, but he could have been a guy that what if he transfers to, you know, a power five school? What if he goes to the big 12? Sam Ellinger is gone. What if he goes to a school like Texas uh, and, you know, raises his draft stock and solidifies himself as potentially a top 10 pick uh, because I don't see Trey Lance as a top 10 pick unless someone trades up for him, which I still think is a, is a, is a possibility. Um, and the way it seems like it's almost kind of seems like trade lines is kind of fluctuating throughout the first round now. Um, and I know we don't have, we don't have the combine now. Um, uh, we don't have the, um, well, we, we don't have the combine. It's only the pro days. Um, and we also have this senior bowl, um, I personally think for like first round talented prospects, it not having a combine doesn't matter as much as, you know, guys like Chase Claypool before Chase, Chase Clip, the combine is what rose Chase Claypool's draft stock or even the senior bowl. I think a lot of people, even Jamie Newman is going to be one of the, one of the bigger quarterbacks that everyone's going to need. Everyone's going to want to watch um, a guy that opted out or transferred from Wake Forest to Georgia opted out. Um, Kyle Duggar, Jeremy Chin, all those secondary guys, Trey Lance only has one year of film. Um, I think Trey Lance is far from ready to be starting. He did throw zero interceptions. I don't care what division you're playing in. Having going through an entire season and not throwing a single interception is pretty darn impressive. Um, but I mean, Bill Belichick gets his quarterback to groom. Um, I like this pick a lot. Um, I, I don't think Trey Lance should be thrown into a starting situation at all by any means. I think he needs the most grooming. Um, at least a year or two, I would I would even say. Um, but I like this pick. Um, I think they're moving on from Cam. Um, so it'll be interesting to see what the Patriots do with their quarterback situation. They are 100% moving on from Cam. Um, that's for sure. I think that's been you know out there for at least a month, maybe now or longer. Lord, uh, but they're going to need somebody to you know come in there and play quarterback for them. Uh, I think Deshaun Watson's another great fit, like you were saying before. Um, Trey Lance, I don't know if it's the perfect fit here, but he's, he's just raw and super talented. And, you know, if you give somebody like that to a Bill Belichick, which is exactly what happened with Tom Brady, he's given to him really young, was able to, you know, develop him into what Tom Brady kind of became, even though Tom Brady is, you know, a great quarterback. Um, Bill Belichick definitely has something to do with that. So um, I think he might take a chance here and do the same thing. If it happens, cool. If not, I don't. I'm not really sure. I think uh, they probably go elsewhere here. I don't think they necessarily go quarterback this early. They might wait around and see. You know, maybe when there's a Mac Jones, or I think a perfect fit for them might even be a guy like um, Kyle Trask from Florida. So a very, you know, a guy who can you know learn on the job. And because I mean, it's pretty much what he did. He spent his time behind quarterbacks, and then when it was his number was called upon, you know, he showed up. So I mean. We'll see what happens there. Uh, Trey Lance falls in love with Trey Lance and the rawness that he can, you know, be able to mold him, especially after only having that one season in college. And 
he can kind of see that, hey, this kid's you know open for business. I can give him all the information. He just wants to learn from it. So um, I think that's a, a smart pick by the Pats. Um, at 16, we have the Arizona Cardinals taking J.C. Horn, quarterback, South Carolina. Um, need some help out there on the edge and in coverage. Raiders at 17 taking Aziz Ojolari, the, the absolute stud of a linebacker for the University of Georgia. Raiders are probably, you know, it's going to – I don't know why, uh, what's his name, is just their head coach. Uh, Gruden is, you know, so good at being able to pick out these linebackers. So um, I think it's a great pick there. Another linebacker that's a freak of nature uh, out of Notre Dame, Jeremiah Awosu koromoa um, heading to Miami, um, you know, boosting that linebacker room and helping that defense even more. It's going to be great for them. At 19 and 20, here are our next two we're going to be talking about. Sam, and I'll let you lead off with the Washington football team's pick and wide receiver Jalen Waddle out of Alabama. Now, I think I think there's more than one position that Washington can go. I I like Mac Jones a lot. I personally think we all know Washington is we don't know their quarterback situation. We don't Alex Smith. We don't know what Alex Smith's situation is. I think he's retiring. Um, but he hasn't come out with it. He said he's taking the next few weeks to, you know, kind of recuperate and kind of figure things out. Um, they could go offensive tackle here. Um, they could go, they could even go Elijah Vera Tucker, which we're going to talk about here in, in a bit. Um, and I, I personally think Mac Jones at 19 is a little bit of a reach. Um, I not, I mean, I, I, I don't view Mac Jones as first round talent. Um, I think he's very, very early in the second round. Um, but I think there's still going to be a very strong chance um, that he'll be selected in the first round because there's quite a few of QB needy teams, including Washington. But outside of Terry McLaurin, I don't really view any, I don't really see anyone on that roster for the Washington football team that is a very reliable wide receiver too. Uh, one of the big names they drafted, Last year, I believe it was day three, is Liberty wide receiver Antonio Gandy-Golden, bigger-bodied wide receiver. Um, Steven Sims um, had a pretty good playoff game, pretty good playoff showing against the Buccaneers. Um, but I love Jalen Waddle here. I love Jalen Waddle here. I almost like Jalen Waddle. I, I shouldn't even say almost. I like Jalen Waddle better as an NFL wide receiver um, then Devonte Smith, um, very, very close. Um, but I mean, outside of Terry McLaurin, you don't have a whole lot of, of reliable, um, guys that you can count on being that wide receiver too. I think Jalen Waddle comes in and is that true wide receiver too. Terry McLaurin and Jalen Waddle would be very, very interesting. And, um, I'm, I, I, I like going over and teams saying Deshaun Watson, fits because this is another destination that I could def I would definitely love to see Deshaun Watson go into, but assuming they don't keep the 19th pick, um, whatever their quarterback situation ends up being, um, you get their wide receiver too right now and Jalen Waddle. Yeah, I think I agree with you. I couldn't agree with you more. I think we've had this conversation with it throughout the network and, and everything like that. And it's, who would you rather have, Jalen Waddle or Devontae Smith? Who would you take first? And I, you and I both would always say Jalen Waddle. We just think he's more well-rounded to become that NFL type of wide receiver that is needed. Um, not saying that, you know, Devontae Smith won't be good in the NFL because I think he will be. I think Jalen Waddle will be more of that well-rounded, balanced type of wide receiver. But 
when it comes to Devontae Smith, you don't have the size necessarily. So Jalen Waddle gives you a little bit of everything here as long as he's healthy, which he should be because that ankle injury was just, you know, freak. It happens, but whatever. He's, he's over. He tried to play a national championship game. Um, I think you think he's a, a great wide receiver. And like you said, Washington needs help. Yes, Sims had that good game against Tampa Bay in the playoffs, but uh, where was it all year? You know, it needs to be a consistent thing. And Jalen Waddle is going to be able to provide you that, especially with Scary Terry on the other side. So I think it's a great pickup. Also, like you were saying, another great place for Deshaun Watson to think about going if he is going to be asking for a trade. So um, look out for that too with uh, with the Washington football team. And then number 20 here, we have Elijah Vera Tucker, offensive lineman from USC, heading to Chicago. I think this pick makes a whole lot of sense. I can see where people think the Bears can go for Deshaun Watson. Um, and I think it makes a lot of sense why the Bears are getting chatter about Deshaun Watson. I personally don't see the Bears as that appealing of a team for Deshaun Watson to go to. They have a mediocre run game. Um, they have a very productive defense. I would argue they're top 10. Um, I think they finished statistically. I, I want to say they were just outside the top 10. Eddie Goldman opted out, and they did very well because um, Eddie Goldman was a, one of their top playmakers. And um, they did very well and worked around it. But, I mean, there's a strong chance, chance Allen Robinson's gone. You're taking on that big contract of Deshaun Watson. Um, I decided to go lineman here. Charles Leno's up. Um, in 22, he's up after next season. Um, and I want to say he'll be 30 or 31 after next season. Um, their, I, their protection is just not there. We don't know their quarterback situation. I think the Bears are going to pay Trubisky a one-year prove-it deal. Um, we have seen his strong – he has a strong relationship with Matt Nagy. Um, I, there was a report or a tweet I saw a while ago um, – Trubisky will go over. Trubisky's gone over to Nagy's house for dinner and stuff like that. Um, but I mean, I think Trubisky's going to get a prove it deal. The Bears don't have protection at all. I think the Bears. I think the Bears O line used to be a lot better than what it was a few years ago, and th this offense just struggled. I love Vera Tucker here. Um, I, I I think there's probably four to five, maybe six linemen tackles in this draft that I can see starting day one, and I think Elijah Vera Tucker is one of them. Yep, I, I love the pick here. I think exactly what you're saying. Um, I know people want to hear us like battle it out. Uh, we'll get to that as we get closer, <laughs> I'm sure, because there's going to be some different differences when depending on what trades happen and everything like that, who's trading picks and everything of that nature. So um, Elijah Bear Tucker here is a great offensive lineman for USC. Um, kind of boosted onto the scene, rose up boards this season in USC's few games that they did have. 20 to Bears. I get, uh, like I said, I agree with you that. Uh, Mitch Trubisky is staying in Chicago on a one-year prove-it deal, especially with Matt Nagy still being the head coach. Um, I think this might be the year if it is a time for Mitchell Trubisky to take the next leap in his NFL career. It needs to happen this upcoming year because of that, he's going to be a career backup, and that sucks. Um, and that's going to just be a bust for the Bears, not a good look for Chicago. Um, getting help on that offensive line is huge because um, Mitchell Trubisky does like to get out of the pocket. So if you can have an offensive tackle here that can move and get outside the pocket to help his quarterback. That would be huge. Not only that, but maybe even keep his quarterback in the pocket a little bit more. It gives you that extra option there. But uh, that's if Mitchell Trubisky gets the next step. Uh, defense doesn't need any help. Obviously, they're a great unit. Um, they just are on the field too much, and that's because of the offensive problems and issues that they're having. Um, running back room just needs to be more consistent. And I know at the end of the year, they started picking up 
but um, you need to do it all year long, not just at the end of the season because, you know, you need to help you out your team. Um, wide receiver, they might need a little help depending on what happens with Allen, Ry- Allen Robinson, but I think they could address that situation later. Um, so I love Elijah Vera Tucker getting that offensive line, some a bolster move right there. Um, and that'll move on to our 21st pick and our 22nd pick. So the Colts taking Tyson Campbell, cornerback out of Georgia. Um, early in the season, that was very apparent that, you know, the Colts needed help on the back end. They kind of picked it up at the end of the season. Xavier Rhodes isn't getting any younger, and he's not too far removed from his terrible season in, in um, Minnesota, although he did, you know, change that narrative this season with the Colts. But at 22, the Titans take Patrick Jones, the second defensive lineman out of Pittsburgh. And you can go ahead and explain why Sam and why, you know, Vrabel needs him on the defensive line. Caleb, I think you and I were – you know, when we were predicting these Power Five conference scores, I think you and I were pretty excited to watch this pit defense. Um, Jalen Twyman opted out. Paris Ford opted out after the first few games of the season. Um, and, and that left him with one of those guys, Patrick Jones. I mean, one of those games that stood out to me, um, one of them that stood out to me this season was the game against Clemson. Yeah, they got destroyed. Um, but Patrick Jones had a good showing. And Patrick Jones um, – I think he's more of a playmaker on the inside. I mean, you're not seeing even – I mean, I think he can be productive on the outside. Um, but even if you go towards the outside, I think the Titans can also use an edge rusher. But they they need help up front on their D-line. I think Jadavian Clowney's gone. Jadavian Clowney, you don't you, – you, I feel like you – I haven't heard a thing about Jadavian Clowney this year. Um, I mean, I, I think Jadavian Clowney's gotten to a point where people can call him overrated. Um, but – I, I like this pick a lot here. Um, I, I think that's a guy that, that can not only be productive on the outside, but is very, very productive and excels on the inside. He's lengthy. He's athletic. Um, I love his, I want to say footwork, um, his technique. I love his technique. Um, but I love, I love the athleticism in this guy and he's lengthy and the Titans need help up front. Yeah, they, they definitely do need help up front. They weren't able to get pressure from anywhere on that defensive line like they did the year before, but they went a different direction than they had in the season before that. So um, today, Van Clowney, I don't know if it's just he's uh, he's overrated, but he's not. He can't be your number one guy. Like he, he has to be a number two guy at this point in his career. He's just getting a little bit older. He's had injury problems in the past as well. So I think that's where you're seeing him in the Jay Van Clowney questions come to, you know, question there as well but I think the interior is where they really need help there's guys were able to get any push really um, they were decent against the run but not against pass they couldn't do anything back there and I think you know um Patrick Jones second out of pit is just a perfect guy to be able to do that had an absolute game against Clemson which are, was probably the best offensive line that Pitt had faced all season um so I think it's a great pickup here for the Titans I think Mike Brable probably falls in love with this kid especially with the type of demeanor that he possesses it's kind of Aaron Donald-ish, um, in my opinion, is how he kind of just how he goes about his business, not you know necessarily how he plays. So, um, but yeah, I like the Titans pick there at twenty-two, taking the, an interior defensive lineman. At twenty-three and twenty-four, we have the Jets and the Steelers picks. Um, the Jets pick up another wide receiver and Rashad Bateman, wide receiver out of Purdue. Um, you know, Rashad didn't necessarily do a whole lot this season, and then decided to opt out. I think at near the end, so. Um, we'll see if he's still sticking around there with the Jets at 23. 24, we got the Steelers taking Christian Barmore, a defensive tackle out of Alabama. Um, their defensive line, it was good, but it kind of faded away, you know, when it, the time mattered most. And 
doesn't necessarily have to step in right away to start, but it can kind of be that third guy, that first guy off bench who get the playing time there. And at 25, we have the Jags taking Jalen Mayfield, getting um, Trevor Lawrence some some protection there off of the tackle out of Michigan. So very heavily featured offensive tackle draft here in the first round. And at 26, we have the Browns taking Davion Nixon, defensive tackle out of Iowa. Yeah, one of the first things that comes to mind, I mean, I, I, when I'm looking at the early draft, I look at the defense for the Browns more than I look at the offense. Um, I've seen a lot of Oruso Koromoas here. I think that makes sense, but I think they need a lot of depth on their defensive line. Um, this guy's a big, this guy was a big draft riser out of the defensive line class. Um, I, I would say it's more so, I would say this year's class is more so an offensive draft, but I think this guy can be a very, very productive one. Uh, very, very productive tackle. Um, he, I've seen him in quite a few mock drafts. I would argue he's probably a top five defensive tackle, interior defensive tackle um, in this draft. And I think the Browns are going to get a very, very productive guy with a high motor here. Yeah, I think that makes a whole lot of sense. Browns could go in a multitude of directions, but they don't. They're pretty solid everywhere you look. I mean, they're sticking with their quarterback. Their running back room is so great. Their wide receiver room is going to be getting OBJ back next year. Um, they don't have any problems there. Don People Jones has kind of shown up and been a you know a good fixture in that rotation as well. Um, defense, the defense isn't that bad. Their their corners are good. Their secondary is good. Um, their linebackers are good. They can just really use some depth on the defensive line. So I think it makes perfect sense here going Davion Nixon. I haven't seen him play a whole lot just because um, it's Iowa. I don't you know really get to see that a lot. But um, I like the pick here. I think they definitely need to go defensive line. At 27, we have the Ravens taking Xavier Collins, linebacker out of Tulsa. Um, didn't really know who this guy really was, but uh, you turn on the film and dude's all over the place. So uh, he, he's just really – just an all-around solid, you know, linebacker. Ravens needed some help there um, this season, which they didn't ultimately get. At 28, we have the Saints taking Amon Ra, St. Brown, wide receiver out of USC. I'm, I'm glad I have someone else that loves Amon Ra, St. Brown, as much as I do. I love the guy. But it's looking like the Saints are going to very well might roll with, uh, uh, with, with Jameis Winston, have Taysom Hill as their other guy. Um, Michael Thomas um, as their reliable wide receiver one. Emmanuel Sanders was only in a one-year deal. Um, granted, with the absence of Michael Thomas throughout the season, Emmanuel Sanders was very productive, but I don't see them keeping Emmanuel Sanders. I love Amon Ross St. Brown. I love these USC wide receivers. Amon Ross St. Brown broke 1,000 receiving yards last season. He wasn't even in the spotlight. Um, I would say he had a little bit of spotlight, but he had a lot less spotlight because all of that was on Michael Pittman Jr., um, I love, I mean, he's not necessarily your big bodied receiver, um, but I mean, granted USC only did play what six games this season. I think the Pac-12 only played six games this season. Um, and he's got one of the best quarterbacks in the 22 draft class and Keaton Slovis throwing in the ball. I love this guy. This guy screams consistency, so much athleticism, um, and elite speed, very crisp route runner. I love this guy. I think he's perfect for the Saints. Yeah, uh, this is strictly Jameis Winston staying and being the quarterback in New Orleans pick for me. Look what Jameis Winston did with with Mike Evans, both the career and with a big body wide receiver who likes to go up and get the ball. Amon Ron St. Brown, Mike Evans, nice to meet you. You are going to have a great career with Jameis Winston as your quarterback with the Saints. 
Um, and it's perfect too, because Michael Thomas obviously, obviously isn't leaving. Um, that's their guy. And then you add Amon Ross St. Brown and all the attention is going to be on Mike already. And that just puts him in a similar situation that he was at, at, at in USC with Michael Pittman. So um, it's, it's a perfect marriage here for Amon Ross St. Brown to go to Saints. Yes, the Saints do have Traquan Smith and um, a couple other, you know, not big names like, but like you said, um, Emmanuel Sanders isn't going to be there next year. Um, absolutely. He's probably not. Drew Brees retiring. Alvin Kamara definitely coming back. Um, so I just think it makes perfect sense for, you know, Amon Ross St. Brown to go here. You could say other wide receivers could take that spot, but I really like, you know, the fit there is especially what sold me on that. Um, at 29, the Bucks take a defensive lineman, J2 Afeli, um, out of USC. Their defensive line isn't getting any injury, and they need depth. Um, I mean, you see what happened with Vita Bea this year and him going down with an injury. So that could definitely be useful for the Bucks. Um, I was hoping they would be 32. Uh, maybe eventually that'll happen, but we'll see. Um, at 30 and 31, we have our next two picks that we'll be talking about. And I think they're our last pick that we were talking about. Yes, they are. At 30, we have the Buffalo Bills taking – um, one of my favorite players, man, that I've been able to watch, and that's cornerback Asante Simo Jr. out of Florida State. I'll let you start with this one. It's your big Florida State guy. <laughs> um, probably. I think he was top corner graded out with power football focus before he decided to opt out for the season. And um, not necessarily the top one. I think he might have been top three. But I, there's a statistic that, you know, it's easier to do something. I forget what it exactly was than it is to throw at Asante Simo Jr. He's just a dog. Not the biggest guy, but he's a dog. Um, that's what I think the Buffalo Bills like, and I mean, it just fits um, for something same on the type of defense that Buffalo likes to run, and it's just mean in your face. Something same played a lot of one-on-one -on -one coverage at Florida State this past season, had, you know, three picks early on in the season before, you know, everybody started catching on, and that's kind of where, you know, he kind of gets himself into trouble because he is that smaller corner. Teams are going to try and pick on him, but if he has that dog and he brings that dog mentality that he has been known for at Florida State in his time here, then he will be a great asset to a Bills defense that was getting picked on all season long through the air. So I think this is where, you know, you start to see the Bills make a great selection here at number 30. Asante Samuel Jr. sneaks from early second round into the late first round here. Um, what are your thoughts, Sam? Yeah, I mean, I think the corner for the Bills, I think the cornerback position is one of the, I would argue, maybe the most glaring need for the Bills. I mean, outside, they don't they don't have a whole lot of depth. Yeah, you do have Travis White. I think he's top three at his position. But you don't have anyone that, you know, you can really rely on as your cornerback, too. And you kind of just alluded to a guy like Asante Samuel Jr. that has been very, very productive throughout his entire career. Not the biggest guy, not really a big-bodied guy. Um, no, not a guy like Caleb Farley, who, you know, is that – is that big bodied guy. Um, but I mean, he doesn't care. I mean, he's a dog. I mean, he, he shows off his physicality like size doesn't matter. Um, and I like this pick a lot. I think he can be a very, very reliable and productive compliment to Tredavious White. Yeah. I think he'll have, you know, a decent career in the NFL, especially if he's there with the bills or you get drafted by a better team. You have a more likely chance, especially if you are a great fit for that organization and what they like to run. So I think that'll be perfect for them. I don't think they necessarily have to stick him on an island right away, but it wouldn't hurt for them to. Um, but we'll see how that goes with the Bills. And then um, uh, number 31, your Packers take a cornerback out of Georgia in Eric Stokes. No, it really sucks to see this team not in 32 now, huh? Yeah. Uh, but I like this. I mean, I, I, I think the most glaring need for the Packers in the first round 
should be at either a corner or a defensive line. I remember watching the national championship game, texting my group chat, and I said, I would love Christian Varmore. But, I mean, the way he played, he could be taken before the Packers even pick. Um, but, you know, Kevin King's up. Uh, we haven't seen a lot of Josh Jackson. I've, I've been a guy that, I have, that has said I refuse to believe that Josh Jackson is a bust. Um, however, Josh Jackson looks like he's inactive as of right now. They went out and as of they're expected to sign Shermont Williams. The Packers visited with them today, um, but they don't have a lot of depth. And I've always said Jerry Gray, the secondary coach of the Packers, was one of the biggest splashes the Packers have made um, this offseason. Um, he was the former Vikings secondary head coach or secondary coach. Um, coached uh, coached guys like you know Xavier Rhodes to an all-pro, um, Jair Alexander to an all-pro snub. Um, but Eric Stokes is a guy that you know excels in zone coverage. Um, I think he's got the talent to potentially be that guy. Um, I, I would even argue he has the talent to step in right away and step and play on the outside alongside. Um, Jair Alexander, because I think Kevin King's gone. Um, Kevin King is one of those free agents. Um, one of those, uh, you know, long free agent list of free agents the Packers have, um, along with, you know, Jamal Williams, Aaron Jones. We just paid Debach, best left tackle in the game. Um, but, I mean, there's other players like Lindsley Jones and Williams that are making this offseason a lot harder. Lazard, Tanyan, but I think one or both of those, I want to say, is restricted. But the Packers don't have a lot of depth um, in their cornerback room. Um, and I know one of my good friends is a big Georgia fan. And the way he explained it to me, I think he liked, he likes Stokes better than Tyson Campbell. I think a lot of – I feel like I saw a lot of the big thing with Campbell is his motor, his production. Um, I think I like Stokes here at this pick. Um, I mean, I've seen Stokes in the first round. I know some people may not think he's a first round pick. Um, I mean, if let's if the Packers were to go D line, I can see a guy like Levi was a Rike, but I think I would argue the cornerback is the Packers' top priority. Um, I think their biggest priority is defensive line, but I see exactly where you're going here with the Packers. Um, so I wasn't gonna you know fight you on this one. I just personally think defensive line because they couldn't stop the run at all last year. I know David Cook's in y'all's division. You guys also have David Montgomery in your division and Trico and and I'm not sure what the other team is in the uh, division and what the running back is, but you couldn't stop the run to save your life. Um, Detroit, right? Yep, DeAndre Swift. Yep. Yeah, DeAndre. yeah. So um, you need somebody to stop the run, so I would ultimately go there, but um, yeah, in terms of depth, that could definitely help. It is a more of a throwing league now, so it totally makes sense to go ahead and bolster that room for the Packers and then maybe work on a defensive line throughout the draft, pick up a couple guys, you know, a few guys even, if you have to see which one is ready for this level of play or even all of them if they're if they're good guys and you do your scouting well. Um, so I don't, I don't see that being a problem here with the Packers taking Eric Stokes to Georgia, um, from Georgia. And then the last pick, um, the Chiefs uh, taking Wyatt Davis, guard out of Ohio State. I don't know who else the Chiefs could take other than maybe receiver. a defensive player, a wide receiver maybe, um, depending on because who knows, the St. Watkins probably is not going to play on their team anymore. Uh, we haven't seen um, what's-his-name take the next step either. So Tyreek Hill needs somebody um, as soon as possible. But um, that will go ahead and do it for our our – 
third, I think, NFL mock draft um, for the 2021 year. Uh, I'm looking forward to doing it with, you know, a whole bunch of other people. But I'm going to have to get off here uh, really soon, Sam. So you want to go ahead and plug in thing before we go ahead and log off? Yeah, I'll be real quick here because I just wanted to say, I mean, I get the D-line argument um, because, you know, the Packers do have Montrevious Adams up for a contract. Um, he's been very productive. I would give him something very similar, um, if not a tad more, than a Tyler Lancaster contract. I think Tyler Lancaster's up. Strong chance Dean Lauer is on the team. Um, so, I mean, I, I, I get the argument either way, corner or D-line. Um, yeah, I mean, as far as plugging my things go, my Twitter handle is right, right to the right of my name here. Um, Caleb and I are here every Wednesday nights for you, 7 Central, 8 Eastern. Um, I write for the Cards Wire. I uh, just wrote one on Najee Harris last week. Uh, I run Dairy Sports. Uh, Matt and I are doing the Title Town show looking like Saturday uh, to preview the NFC Championship game against the Packers and your Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Yeah, it'll be it's gonna be a fun game. I'm excited for that. We'll probably have to get a band or something going, get everybody in there with you, me, Matt, and you know, Connie will probably want to join. So uh, it'll be looking forward to that. But yeah, you guys just follow me at CHS Noel right down here, guys. I'm on Twitter. Um it just you know, I have so many shows, I'm just gonna run through them for you guys real quick. Right after this, I'm gonna be hopping on a show with my brother uh and founder of Unwrapped, Perry Aston, for keeping it blunt. So you guys head over there at nine o'clock right after we get off here with Saturday standouts. Come check us out. We're just chilling, talking pop culture and sports. Um, I've got Tribeholics, which is a Florida State-based podcast that is centered around training. So pretty cool. We're to recap that um, coming next week. Look out for that if you're a Florida State fan. Uh, Saturday standouts, obviously, with my guy Sam over here. Um, enjoy that every Wednesday night at 8 p.m. Eastern time, 7 p.m. Central. So it's great stuff we got going on. We're revamping us. You know, We just put out the stuff from the store, um, rebranded the logo, everything like that. So that is awesome. Um, we also do unwrapping bands, which is, you know, a betting slash live reaction show, um, depending on different games. Sometimes it's NBA, sometimes it's NFL. So check that out as well. Um, I'm involved in so many other things, too. We got the panels going up. We're going to be doing, you know, an NFL draft panel. I think we're going to have a few different, you know, players interacted with teams, um, a group of people actually from the unwrapped sports team to, you know, operate one team like it's one big unit. So looking forward to that as well. Um, but, yeah, I think that's going to do it, guys. If you Head over to RxHemp, use code RxHemp-USN for 10% off every single one of your purchases. Head over to the USN shop that is brand new as of this past year, teespring.com backslash stores backslash unwrap. And of course, if you want to just go ahead and waste your money away, head over to mybookie.ag. Use code USN100 for double your first deposit with a minimum deposit of $45, guys. Um, thank you again, Sam, and I'll be seeing you next week.